The two most powerful warriors are patience and time. That's from War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is the forest. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings playcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, wait, that's not even the intro. That is not the intro. Is that just a sad reminder of how long it's been since I've done an actual intro that I can't even remember what the intro is supposed to be? Sounds like it. Well, anyway, uh, hello. Hey, welcome. I'm actually not tuning in to tell you that we're not having a podcast. It's been so long. I thought you, I bet you thought I quit, right? It's actually, the funny thing is, uh, there is periods where I was suffering way more uh, depression and thought that I was going to quit this podcast out of not being able to do it. For the last month or so, I've absolutely wanted to do the podcast, uh, but, but haven't been able to because we have been so busy and continue to be busy. I probably don't really have time to be doing this right now, but I, I've wanted to because it's not over. It's not over yet. This is a very special episode. Wait, let me do the intro correctly first, just to make sure, because if anybody happens to tune into this episode and has not listened to every other episode, you might not be aware that uh, I want to welcome you to the Silver Linings Playcast. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, and as far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. That's right. This is actually a very special episode, partially because we're having an episode. I think when you go a long time without having any episodes, having an episode at all becomes special. But what an episode to come back on. This is our 100th episode, which is amazing. If you, if you go back about 20 episodes, you will hear us uh, talk about what that means and how I don't know if that means we've been doing this for a year or if it means that uh, we're a month short of a year, anywhere between plus or minus four weeks either way. Uh, but 100 seems very special, and so we are commemorating it. If you will go back about 112 episodes and listen to episodes around there, you will hear my explanation for why I refer to myself as us when we do the podcast. Little little catch-up for those of you that haven't been with the podcast for the last 119 episodes. Actually, no, I say that, 99 episodes. Um, it's just because it sounds more correct to me when I talk into a mic that I feel like I'm recording on the radio uh, that I refer to we, because I'm talking about the company, the brand, the podcast. It's really the podcast. I'm just the person. I'm the podcaster. But the podcast is a vehicle, is, a, is an entity of its own. I am just part of the podcast. I am a third of the Silver Linings Playbook uh, extended universe. I think we've discussed that. That was probably about 25, 30 episodes ago. Uh, there's, there's some explanation about why 
Um, oh yeah, but this is a very special episode, and I want to tell you why. This is our hundredth episode. This is a, we've we've done this podcast a hundred and nineteen times. This is actually part twenty one, part twenty one of our special one hundred parter hundredth episode special episode. That's right. We are one fifth through our special one hundred parter which is pretty special for for a lot of reasons, actually. Which is now making me think, because 100 is such a sort of monumental, uh, you know, celebrated number of, of accomplishment for a lot of things. You know, 100th dollar, 100th customer, 100th people, people feel like 100 episodes, um, you know. So I'm actually thinking, and, and people also like, like even divisibility numbers of a hundred twenty five. So I'm, I'm just trying to think about how special it's going to be in four more weeks when we hit twenty five out of a hundred parts of our hundred parter episode. I you know just we'll be at a quarter of the way through this episode, which just feels like it's going to be pretty special. Um, I say that, what does special even mean? Maybe we will have a whole episode on special. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I, I do want to talk about, uh, and I'm, I'm, this is going to be a spoiler-free discussion. Actually, it's not really going to be a discussion because I'm just going to mention it. I, I know I was talking about the movie Cube, a couple episodes ago, I'm going to say a couple weeks ago, because it was still part of the same episode. It was safely within this episode 100. But I was talking about Cube as being one of my favorite movies uh, in a very specific genre that exists somewhere between sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. And I looked up a list of movies that are most like Cube. There's different ways you can do that, too, because Cube is a very iconic movie I think most people call it a horror movie. There's actually a whole uh, podcast part dedicated to me talking about Cube, which I think was one of the things I talked about before I watched this. Anyway, you, because, because there's a, a real fan base for Cube, and you can listen to it, and there's, there's both uh, three follow-ups, a planned, I think there's a planned reboot or something, there's a Japanese film. So I'm saying it's big enough that it has a film-following community. You can Google movies that are like Cube um, and get movies that are like Cube. You can also Google... And this is what I tried to do. I think I found a list on IMDb that was of movies. And I sort of just typed... I just started typing how I would describe it to a person if I was talking. I think it, the list was titled... Movies where a group of strangers wake up in the same place and have to figure out why they're there. That's half of the equation. That's all, um, uh, it's sort of, I like trap room genres. I like escape genres. Uh, I don't know whether that's a metaphor or a literal sense. Um, oh, you know what else I, I wanted to talk about? There was like three different series that I wanted to talk about, too, on the next podcast but you can tell there hasn't been a substantive 
substantiative podcast in the last three weeks. But one of the biggest things is uh, Rick and Morty is back for its sixth season. And Katie and I had a really fun time going back and catching up. She had seen some of it, but we got to watch uh, the last two or three seasons together. And now we're watching the current season. And both and and there's there's a couple things that happen and that and that I bring that up for one there's a whole episode of Rick and Morty where they are making fun of the whole uh, heist film genre uh, and and I do enjoy uh, heist films even though I guess Dan Harmon and his writing staff doesn't um, but also. Uh, there is a lot of plots that sort of revolve around cube rules. Um, and so last night uh, we watched a film that I didn't remember. So I'm not going to talk about the movie. I'm going to talk about it being a movie. Uh, we watched a, a film called Infinity Chamber. And the, the cool thing was uh, Katie instantly noticed that the protagonist from that was from another um, really good film called Ink, I-N-K, Ink, right? And this is a uh, little bit older, when I say older, um, I think early 2000s, right? But, uh, and it is, it is a low-budget film, not, and I don't mean that in like a, oh, it's a low-budget film, there's actually classifications for how much money spent on a film would make it a low-budget film. When people say low-budget film, they're usually talking to about like micro budget or amateur films, but it was just a, um, it looks like a film that was, was shot on a low budget. Um, that being said, it is fantastic. It is definitely one of the top uh, movies that I've seen, especially in the genre that it is, which is sort of, um, I think, I think the over, the, overarching arching the over the main category like if you went into a turtles video store a blockbuster video a versatile video uh um you would find it under a a fantasy uh heading or or sci-fi probably but that's only because there's not a real label for it i think i think the fantasy is fitting because it's not necessarily a sci-fi so anyway, the reason I'm talking about these movies is uh, they're, they're so cool because they are movies that clearly um, they found support when they went to distribution and they were, and they were produced well, but the, the real strength of them is the storytelling and the movie making. I think that uh, money alone cannot make a great film. How many big budget blockbusters say that five times fast um how many big budget blockbusters have bombed because they're not good you they throw money at the special effects they throw money at the stars and yet there's nothing substantial behind any of those things and so they're they're boring i would far rather watch a good story with a mediocre cast and bad special effects than I would a good... I, you know what? Strike that. That might not be true. My favorite movie of all time is Top Gun. It's not actually. It's not my favorite movie, that, which is 
literally a recruiting ad for the uh, military from 1986. Honestly, honestly, I'm just waiting for Arby's the movie. Let's let's quit quit pretending like I'm talking about art here. I've never discussed art in my life. I am a consumer, but I am honest about my consuming habits, and that's that's how I sleep at night. I am a person that. I, I have varying degrees of loyalty to different fast food restaurants. I always get excited when one of the main chains that I know introduces a brand new product, and I know it's probably going to be disappointing. I understand the facade. I understand that when that there, there's a whole industry dedicated to food art, uh, food photography. You have both photographers who can do it on their own, and then you also have like these prep people who will make uh, food look prettier, right? With stuff like like makeup, special effects, practical effects. They'll do different things to make it photograph better. Well, anyway, of course, when a new product gets introduced, I'm always I'm always curious. You know, like Domino's decides to stick cheese in a new part of the pizza. McDonald's throws another patty on a random thing. Like I'm I'm always curious, right? I'll t- I'll tell you though. I'll tell you who I, that I made this realization today, and some of you might see it as a sad confession, but I just think this is a great opportunity to be honest. This is amazing, too, because I actually, I had, I had legitimate therapy today, and, I, and it went really well. I think it was, it, um, it was, uh, I want to say I'm excited about it because there was some really new factors about how it was done. There was a lot of things that I learned. There was a lot of things that, other, like, it was some really good conversation in a dynamic that I've never had in a setting like that, right? So I'll tell you something I am not embarrassed about, and, and I do have the insecurity that I might be judged, but I don't care how I'm judged on that, if this makes sense, right? Like, so that's why I'm sort of showing this insecurity that I'm being like, oh, I don't care what you think, but, but honestly, I kind of don't, because I'm also see, being kind of silly. Let's, let's, let's pull down the the barrier about how I'm feeling about this for a moment, okay? All right, I'm going to be really honest in this moment. Um, I do not care if somebody doesn't think highly of this decision because this is one of the few things that I'm actually very comfortable in life with about myself. I have or have been in a parasocial relationship with Arby's for most of my adult life. And I didn't even realize this because I used to hate Arby's. And part and well, okay, so I want to let's go through the the sort of life story of my parasocial relationship with Arby's cuz I think it's actually it sounds funny now and I am being sort of ridiculous when I bring this up but I think that I actually that it actually might go somewhere interesting. So Arby's was one of the the fast food restaurants when I was young. Uh it was probably one of the ones that I got to have most commonly because they were always really good at getting coupons out. Or, or I don't like I'm, I don't know because I'm talking about this is little I was not in charge of my own food procurement as a child, uh, but when when I was very young, 
Um, the thing I most notably remember is that Arby's had a five for five deal. Now, if you were a younger listener, you might not know what that is. You can probably guess. Right now, they have a two for seven meal or two for seven combo. But what the five for five was, was five Arby's roast beef sandwiches for $5. And that's, uh, that was a pretty awesome deal at the time. So when my family of four, um, and this is a weird thing too, because looking back, I'm actually not sure if this was uh, for financial reasons or a treat or whatever, because I know that money had a different value back in the, I'm going to, every decade. And man, <laughs> this is a lot longer ago than as I'm realizing. <laughs> Wendy's, not Wendy. Oh, <sighs> don't tell Arby's. I just said Wendy's. Uh, Arby's five for five deal. Um, basically, so, so I remember that my family would sometimes go to Arby's, one of my parents, and they'd have a coupon or sometimes I, I, you didn't really need the coupon, I don't think, uh, but they would get five roast beef sandwiches for $5. And then, then our family of four, uh, could eat. And I don't, um, I remember sometimes we'd get different things, like then maybe they would get a, uh, a large fries or something. And then, you know, so we sort of had a side item, but also, you know, you're a kid. And so like, that's sort of sort of enough or I don't I don't I don't remember the actual just all I'm I'm getting too much into the weeds on this all I remember is that they had five for five um and you know it, I like it because because kids think that fast food is fun but I think I was also very disappointed too because I was a selfish fat little kid that just wanted toys and food um, which I shouldn't feel guilty about because that is part of being a child. You don't understand the value of these things and marketing is also very manipulative. Uh, and it does psychologically affect us all in very negative and dangerous ways. I mean, if, if you listen to one of my favorite comedians, Bill Hicks, his, like, he's the anti-advertisement uh, comedian. He has a lot of bits about that. And I don't think people even, they're, they're, they're learning it right now. We are in the age where advertising will be the next big tobacco. It, it might not, but it should be. In fact, the sort of legal cases and the, the social conscious awareness of the dangers of tobacco to society almost sort of mirrors uh, the realization about the dangers of advertisement, commercial advertisement, um, because I believe the court cases, which um, I am most familiar with because I wasn't sort of old enough to understand what was going on at the time, but I did watch the movie The Insider, which was about the uh, uh, tobacco lobby and cases like that and stuff. Um, so anyway, I, I think, I think as a child, I was disappointed when we got Arby's because I wanted Happy Meals. Um, I, and you know, I'm not saying that I, I was raised never having a Happy Meal. We definitely, uh, got them on occasion. And then, you know, as, as we got older, 
and um, the parents' uh, financial situation improved over time. Um, I, I guess, like, I'm, this is all sort of going off of memories that are hazy. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't super, con- it wasn't like a, a nightly thing to get uh, Happy Meals. Now, part of that is probably, too, you shouldn't eat Happy Meals every night. This is a, a, a strange thing, though. I'm actually wondering now about the relationship between fast food and price and the economy because as I look at it now, right? So if I had a family of four and I was feeding them for $5, you know, and I'm saying say $5 for like a main entree for everybody and and you get fries for a couple extra dollars and you drink water at home or Coke or something. Uh, but and actually the Coke will tie into the story in a second too. But, um, like right now, I would say that would be a great deal. In fact, I think most of the time when I order fast food, um, me and my friends or me and Katie or even just me and myself, we, we're looking at, a, at some type of combo or family pack. Uh, I've, I, I'll tell you, now in 2022, um, a thing would do a, a good deal is getting like a pack of tacos Taco Bell, uh, you know, it's like $16 for uh, 10 plain tacos, and you can spend a little more and get the, the deluxe tacos, but um, a deal, let's, let's just say the deal equivalent of five for five, you get a combo or something, right? That's, that's a cheap way to, to feed someone. I feel like the position of fast food has changed since the five for five was really a thing. I don't have firsthand experience whether fast food was really considered cheap food. It's called fast food. It's not called cheap food, but there was a change that happened somewhere in the mid early two thousands. And I think it's actually, um, it's largely because of Chipotle. And this means, can you tell that I, read far too much about restaurant chains. But when Chipotle sort of started gaining steam, uh, they sort of led the national awareness on fast casual dining, which was more expensive than fast food. A little bit slower, but still cheaper than casual dining, right? So the, if you're not familiar with fast casual is, these are restaurants that, that, like I just said, spend a little more time and a little more money than a fast food. Uh, usually, a lot of the, the ones that you sort of order and watch your thing made, but are probably going to sit there as well, um, in a way... This is funny. In a way, I really feel like Subway should have been the the chain that... But people don't respect sandwich anyway. Well, I don't know, because you have... Getting, getting too off topic, and we're not even on topic yet. But, um, so, you know, 
And the reason I wanted a Happy Meal was not because as a child I thought, oh, a McDonald's cheeseburger or oh, a McDonald's chicken nuggets taste better than a roast beef sandwich. Um, I was sold as an American kid on the idea of hamburgers. That was sort of what I thought food was. I thought that, that, that a hamburger was like the standard food and everything else was a deviation from that. So try to get my five-year-old little mind to, to wrap its... That I'm saying this expression wrong, but try to wrap my five-year-old little mind around the concept of roast beef sandwich. Also, roast beef sounded boring to me. Boy, was I wrong as a child. If I could go back in time and tell myself how roast beef is probably like one of the best in that category of commonly available sliced food. I think, and I think this came from watching sort of like, I don't know, Christmas movies or stuff where people are always like, we're having a roast beef and they would cut it with a knife and a fork. And then I didn't even understand what these like crepe paper sandwiches with the, the you know, sliced Arby's beef. I didn't understand that. Also, well, no, let, we'll get into my naming problems later, right? But, so, I wanted the toys from McDonald's. That McDonald's is brilliant. That's why they put the toys in there. So the kids will say that's what they want and ask their parents to go to McDonald's. And that's advertised, like if you advertise to the kids, the kids advertise to the adults, Right, because I can't remember how many times those times that I did get a Happy Meal, I would be, like my parents would tell me they would they would be like you you can't have the toy until you eat your food. Isn't it funny how how we change over time? If you put a box uh, that had you know like a five dollar recreational item that I wanted in it and a hamburger now. Nine times out of ten, I would be all about that sandwich way before anything else. And then I'd pick up whatever whatever that thing. I, ooh, Sam, I, actually, in changing, you know what? I, so, and when I say roast beef is one of the best meats in its weight class, that's because I don't consider uh, pastrami and corned beef um, the same weight class. I would meat class. I, I don't know. I'm not a meat specialty meat specialist, whatever, but um, Ar Arby's is. And that's what, okay, so, so we're kid me, and Arby's is the treat, but I got sick of it because it was the one we could afford the most often, right? So skip to my teen years, where I'm now able to drive and sort of making a little bit of my own money, uh, I'm, you know, starting to have memories of where I am. Do not like Arby's. This is a thing we had way too much when I was younger. Do not love Arby's any time I can. I don't get it. Uh, this is probably, too, because Taco Bell starts just killing it with their advertising uh, in this time frame. Not just their food but being associated with sort of like the teenager life that I 
wanted to be a part of. Uh, Taco Bell has always embraced sort of the youth market um, with promoting a lot of stuff. I know one of the big things I was at uh, when when Star Wars got uh, the the prequels came out. Uh, Taco Bell, um, the whole uh, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC, all all come under the same food umbrella uh, corporate entity, and they were all doing the the Star Wars stuff. And then I started doing stand-up comedy as an adult. That is sort of where uh, Taco Bell became a part of who I was. That is not unique to me. There is a lot of comedians. I can't tell you how many comedians, headlining comedians, comedians that have been on TV, comedians that have been in movies, and we have worked at comedy clubs together, and we have gone to go sit and eat tacos in our car at super late at night because that was the only thing open. That is part of one of the ways they differentiate themselves. They were one of the first fast food restaurants to stay open considerably later than all the others. And regularly, they they still, too, are one of the latest of the non-24-hour ones, or the ones with really late opening times. Also, they used to be super cheap, too. So that is perfect perfect fodder for uh, any any late-night entertainers or, or anything, right? So that became a thing. Let's go through a decade of, and if you're listening to this, you probably have experience uh, on the road like I do. If you're listening to this, you have probably been in a car and eaten Taco Bell with me. You probably have. Um, And then something interesting happened, maybe about uh, four years or five. One, okay, first, firstly, here too, I want to throw a big shout out to to my buddy Chip, who went on the road, like, almost every, like I said, almost everybody that listens to this uh, has been on the road with me, which I love, and I miss doing that with all y'all, but um, the the interesting thing about Chip was, and if you're listening, hey, I know it's weird talking about, but in you, in, in uh, like a third person or not like I'm not I'm talking about you not to you. Anyway, you probably don't listen actually. Um but he he had actually started comedy before I did, but then he dropped off the map for a while and I didn't talk to him. And, it's, and we were we were decent friends then, but we became much better friends when he came back to comedy after he quit his job. Where had he been for the last uh, couple years? He worked in corporate advertising. He actually worked for one of the companies that worked for uh, Arby's. I might have that memory wrong, but like the company that does work for Arby's is thought of as uh, one of the premier um, advertising agencies. And I think it really shows. Right now, I want you to think about, okay, close your eyes. If you're driving, do not close your eyes. For all the non-drive, no, okay. For all the listeners who are not operating heavy machinery or doing something dangerous where they could close their eyes, if you were in a safe place to close your eyes, close your eyes. 
I'm actually not sure why I'm asking you to close your eyes because that has nothing to do with, with answering this next question in your head. You can do this with your eyes open. I'm just being dumb today. Do you know what Arby's slogan is right now? Think about it. Arby's slogan. It's, uh, we have the meats, right? I think they have so effectively got, Ar mm. Arby's has a wiki page. Oh, this is interesting. Also, let's do some fun, Ar Arby's roast, the, okay. Let's all, let's all, let's play another, a couple other Arby's games, right? Uh, answer this honestly. Also, you can, you can write into silver the Silver Linings Playcast at gmail.com if you want to throw your two cents in on this. But um, tell me honestly, as a, as a kid, as an adult, did you know that the Arby's logo was a cowboy hat? I didn't learn that until much later in my adult life. I would estimate probably in the last six to ten years did I learn the Arby's logo is a... There's a number of things I've thought it was. I have thought that it was a fish. I have thought that it was an oven mitt. Okay, there's two things I have thought of it. There's things I have joked that it was. Um, two, one of the, re the, re the, the... The day I found out that it was a cowboy hat, I believe this was in 2007. I believe, where I was stationed in Columbus, Georgia at Fort Benning, and they had an Arby's that had the original, like a huge original logo. I could be completely wrong and have made up this memory. They do exist out there, though, a couple places. The Arby's that still have like an old brown that looks far more like a hat. It also does kind of look like a cactus. We're only gonna go over the appropriate things it looks like right now. It looks like a broken hot dog. Uh, it looks like a wave. It looks like a mountain range. It, it looks like a hand that's been burnt in a fire. I also had a justification for why I thought it could have been any of these things, right? Okay, let's also go to the, uh, the name, uh, Arby's. Um, it's actually one word. Uh, I remember my first improv teacher told us that it was supposed to be Arby's for roast beefs, but that's actually not true. That is one of those urban legend internet rumors. Um, I don't remember what it does stand for though. I just remember, uh, anyway, so that was one of, Arby's is one of Chip's favorite fast food places. I do want to take a moment to say when I was, when I would go on the road, uh, a lot of, a lot of y'all, um, when it was time to eat, uh, uh, made me think that whatever I was picking was fine, and so I apologize to all y'all if I sort of forced my choices on, on all y'all, because, 
you'll know probably my favorite thing is for late night food is chili. I was about to say chili fees steak. That's not a real thing. Philly cheese steak from a diner. Why a diner? Because diners will often let you order gravy with it for both the sandwich and or the fries. But um, also, why is poutine not in America? Americans would love it. So I would go on the road. And one of the funny things I noticed was that Chip would always be like, hey, can we go to Arby's if we had an option, if we had to stop for food and stuff? And I really liked it, but I didn't realize I was falling in love with Arby's. Uh, but part of that was because of the over a decade I spent on the road where cooking was often not an option. Uh, when you spend days, weeks, or even months out at a time and you're moving different places uh, every day, you don't really have time to stop and eat, and we didn't have the money to stop and eat and eat, so it's, it's a lot of fast food, and so we really got into, so, so Arby's was just a great way to break up the fact that pretty much all you can get late night in most places in the country is burgers, because uh, sometimes now, and, and it, this is sort of more a post-pandemic thing, but a lot of them even turn off some of their chicken sandwiches fish sandwiches, the salads go down, like, it's, you, you really don't have many options the later you get at night after 8 o'clock than having a burger, right? So, Arby's is this wonderful, wonderful oasis in the, in the burger desert landscape, because they don't even offer a burger. They, they actually do, on occasion, they have a promotional burger item. I got it a couple months ago, but you know, sometimes you just want to break it up and and Arby's is a little bit rarer than than all the other fast food restaurants, but I but when you start traveling and you start using the truck stops, that the cool thing is that they actually have a lot of them in the the truck stops. So that pushes some of their hours later at night. But, um, there, uh, so it just, it just became this thing where I was realizing I like them because I can get more different things late at night. Is there anything more special than the beef and cheddar? It's funny that actually Arby's is sort of known for their roast beef sandwich because I think the beef and cheddar sandwich is, that should be the central point of their there, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm actually gonna, this, this part I'm a little embarrassed about, but I'm not ashamed about. Uh, so we did, we did go to Arby's after therapy. <laughs> Katie asked me what I wanted for my post, uh, no, wait, no, that was earlier, that was earlier in the morning, after, after I got an MRI this morning. Also, don't be concerned that I'm just throwing out casually the fact I got an MRI. It was, uh, it was a follow-up to a 2009 incident, so, yeah. It was just to see if there's been any long-term effects. Yes, but it's not there. Um, there's there's nothing wrong going on in my head. Nothing. There's no instance of anything specifically wrong recently. But yeah, so I had a six fifteen appointment to get an MRI, and we leave the the imaging service at around seven thirty and stop in a pilot oh, and. Not even. 
and uh, yeah, (laughs) and we look over and there's this. I I did. There's a 24-hour Arby's in it. We were on the same wavelength because as Mm -hmm. we were driving to the MRI, I was thinking, "There's nothing better than a beef and cheddar." Yes, absolutely. Hey, it rhymes. There's nothing better than a beef and cheddar. We're we're gonna make our own commercial. Hey. This podcast has needed sponsorship for a long time, and I'm, I'm already meat. shooting for it <laughs> in several ways. So, um, but yeah, so no, uh, it was awesome because apparently they ordered breakfast now, and I actually wanted to try one of their breakfast sandwiches, but how, how could I? Not with the rest of that menu available. Guess what? They did have a special they sandwich. Things. They had, uh, we got two special items, um, one of their specials right now, uh, baby back rib sandwich country style style rib sandwich and a strawberry cream i was about to say that incorrectly a strawberry and cream fried pie Uh, i um (laughs) i was about to say that a much more unfortunate actually no no because you can say that that's not a i'm sorry i'm just giving away a lot about myself right now (laughs) anyway uh, yeah, so, th- no, and, and also, and you know what I hate about myself is I was looking, they have a Reese's peanut butter cookie, which I saw, I saw, that's actually the first thing that I saw on the menu, and that's what I wanted, but I did not allow myself, I did not be authentic with myself and be like, hey, I want that, while I ordered a brisket sandwich, a rib sandwich, and a, and a strawberry pie for breakfast, but I thought I couldn't order the cookie, because you don't get cookies for breakfast. What kind of decision process do I go through? When honestly, I probably could have saved my calories if I had just said, hey, I just want two cookies straight up and I'll, I'll, anyway, I'm, no, you know what? No guilt. This is fine. All this stuff is in the past. So, um, so we went and that, and that is the thing that they have these specialty items. So, so you, one of my favorites that they do regularly, and I can't wait till they bring this back. They do a fried turkey sandwich. Um, and they they do a Cajun style fried turkey sandwich, which I'm not claiming is like a great sandwich, but when it's three o'clock in the morning and your only options is four different kinds of hamburgers, it is a nice variation to get sliced fried Cajun style turkey. So that is a thing that makes me really happy about that, right? I think that Arby's comes up with the stuff to break up the monotony of most of the other fast food options. One of the things that uh, that I used to love from them, though, that they don't have anymore, one of my favorite things was the Italian beef sandwich. And... Not not Italian beef. What am I saying? Not Italian beef. It, um, what's it, what's it called? The the oh no, it was an Italian sub. I uh, I need to lock it in. No, I'm sorry, not lock it in. Uh, the Italian sub sandwich, which they got rid of during the pandemic, but that's okay. They have a uh, uh, buffalo chicken. So I don't need to read the Arby's menu to you. If you all care, you, you probably have known 
can sing it to him. Uh, yeah. Arby's, I will make you a musical if you want. Um, but so anyway, it's now, it's the one I trust the most. And I'll tell you, they're, they're cool too. Because I, and we had a conversation about that this this morning that Wendy's uh, was, was sort of one of the first fast food chains, if not one of the first brands to sort of make it really cool to use their social media account as uh, to sort of be funny, not just talk about their products, but to act like Wendy's was a being and sort of play around calling out the customers or or uh, other chains sort of in a playful manner as marketing like it was a person. Um, by the way, if you haven't already, check out Radio Shack's Twitter. Yes, I thought Radio Shack was gone too, but the very real company, Radio Shack, has now uh, repurposed and rebranded into a totally different kind of company, and their Twitter is basically run like a college frat boy uh, runs it now. And it's very, very real. Uh, Anyway, Arby's has had really great marketing campaigns. One of my favorite ones on social media, because they they weren't going after... See, this is why I got respect for Arby's. Arby's doesn't get dragged down into the dirt of making fun of other restaurants. It's not competing with the other fast food. It's competing with itself to be the best. It doesn't post uh, smack talk towards Wendy's or Burger King. It posts stuff that their market is interested in. They had, and if you Google this, you can find some really awesome anime tie-in pictures, which is really cool because, like, these were not even American intellectual properties. They just knew that the consumers that they wanted might be into these certain things, and so they they just sort of placed some of their food items with different uh, anime references and artifacts. They didn't even say what some of them were. My specific favorite one, because it is so subtle, they turned us this, and I'm such a nerd for saying this, which is, which is good. I'm proud of myself, because it's the thing I was afraid of being for 10 years of my life, and it's what I want, because I'm allowed to like the things I like, right? So the <laughs> Arby's took a straw, and they twisted it into uh, a... The what the uh, lan- the lance of destiny, the lance of Longinus, the the spear from Neon Genesis Evangelion, and then they stuck it in a sandwich, and then they just like posted it on their Instagram with with no context really. I don't believe they might have said something about it, but they do not. Um, I don't believe they actually hashtagged Neon Genesis or anything, right? So it's one of those things where when I, when I come across it, uh, as somebody that, that loves that anime, of course I recognize the, the imagery. And I'm like, there's no, there's no way Arby's did that on purpose. Because it is sort of a, a thing that a straw could be twisted into too, right? But it was. They did, in fact. Because then they had all these other things too. They had, uh, I remember they had a, a Princess Mononoke uh, like here's the thing too years later i can remember the 
advertisements. Why? Because they made pretty cool advertisements. It wasn't really to capture the moment of like, hey, we know what's amazing in this moment, but this will disappear. If, if advertising can be considered art, and we could get into a whole discussion about how advertising is literally the opposite of art, advertising and art actually, I would say they might be the two different ends of the communication spectrum of the, of the, because they're both trying to elicit emotions or feelings or strong opinions from the people that see them. Art is, is trying to create though. I think a more emotional evocation while advertising while marketing is creating a more dependent and financial one. And so that's why it's one of those things where they feel very similar, but I think the intent is very different. But if, if you're going to say that marketing can be art, I think it is as close to, to advertising art as there is. Um, so that's why I just think they're, they're a cool company. So whenever I hear that there is a new sandwich that comes out, there's, there's nobody that I trust more to have. Also, I think they put a little bit of quality that is slightly better in their products. And I'm saying that, like, I understand this is all a certain level grade of product. They're, they're products that have to be mass-produced, distributed all across the country, um, fast. The people that, that prepare them affect the quality a little bit. But, uh, you know, Arby's is not the cheapest one out there either, which is why I think, like, they have sort of got their, their balance of priorities between the cost and quality uh, down to, to a pretty good place for a fast food restaurant. Now, there, I was really trying to get a Silver Linings Playbook tie-in, but I also did not anticipate sitting and talking about Arby's for 20 minutes. Uh, but that is what's happened, and we're just going to go with it right now because it's you got to be grateful for what you have, and, and that's what we have right now. We have three weeks of me not really doing podcast episodes to my satisfaction, and then we have the first one back where... The only mention of Silver Linings Playbook is in me literally mentioning Silver Linings Playbook as Silver Linings Playbook and the fact that I didn't mention Silver Linings Playbook and me telling about sort of my life story uh, through an Arby's lens. Anyway, I guess that's... I don't want to talk any more about Arby's even though I could go on about it for a little more but I, and I don't really want to get into another topic. So here's what I want y'all to do. Uh, let me know your thoughts on the Arby's company, or don't, because we're not, we're not going to be talking about Arby's next week. One, because I'm not going to eat Arby's this week. It's our last night of gluten and garbage. Um, but, oh no, I just realized, road trip next week. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. We'll pack it. Anyway, that's not the point. Now I'm not even talking about bite. So, y'all go watch Cube. Eat a beef and cheddar, and tune in next week, and every other week, as long as we keep doing this, 
for all the latest on Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, I, I forgot to tell y'all all the other updates at the beginning of the episode. I am, my outro is going to be what my intro should have been. Sorry I have really not been here to do stuff the last couple weeks. A lot of progress on the uh, TV pilot POC scripts, all that stuff. Really excited. Today, I think I locked in all the sequences. So I'm really happy. Starting to talk to the guy who's going to score it. Very excited about it. Uh, Starting to get the team together um, to make plans. Hoping to take it to... Hoping to either take the POC to some film festivals or shoot a full pilot or sell the whole thing so that we can make it. But, um, you know, and we have some exciting, exciting progress on those, those connections and the plans to do that. But, and so that, that's what's been taking priority over this. Sorry about that. Been, been going back and forth and, ha- and you know, it's been a fight to get all the uh, video material that I wanted, but today, today I got something that made me happy. The, today I got, you know, we sort of got to one of those steps that will allow us to start taking the next step. I know I feel like I'm always so close there. I was, I was talking on the phone excitedly yesterday night saying like, oh, we're 95% of the way there. I'm just waiting for the last 5%. And I got everything that I wanted today. I still feel like I'm only at 95% and that I still have five more percent to go. And that that 5% is going to be like a hundred percent of it. But uh, I had a great, great talk. So I don't think it's going to be there. It could be as soon as two weeks from now, we may have something. And then we can start the actual talks about getting this thing on screen. Anyway, like I said, go watch Cube, eat a beef and cheddar. Tune in next week and every week as long as we keep doing this. For all the latest on Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, I've been your host, Jamie Ward. I love you all. Until next time, we will see you down the road and excelsior.